the vibes this Friday. My roots here alongside the three-time NBA champion, BJ Armstrong. No gimmicks. And BJ, what does it mean? When it's a Friday, what does that mean? <laughs> that means it's time to get to the people. Because That's right. we got to give the people, yeah. Give the people what they want. Oh, no one wants to give you Oh, man, I'm going to turn that into a jingle. You just messed up, boy. That's going to be the jingle every week. It's time for Hoopology, the section where we answer your questions. If you want your question answered, make sure you tweet it into us by following the Hoop Genius account on Twitter. But in the meantime, you're locked into the Hoop Genius podcast presented by NBA 2K. Now, BJ, we've got a lot to discuss because we had some great guests on the show this week. We had Bismack from the Phoenix Suns. We had a two-part yes. show with Brian Scalabrini. Not one, but two. Woo! But that does mean we haven't had a chance to talk basketball. And mm-hmm. Zubaya has asked a question oh. that everyone's been talking about today. And he wants to talk about the Miami Heat. Oh! <laughs> he wants to talk about the Miami Heat. Now, we all saw the drama going on. Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolster, you don't discuss them. But Zubaya is asking the question, has Miami reached a point where they aren't as good as they were at the beginning of the season? They can't beat top teams with missing stars anymore. He's referring to losing to Philly without Harden and Embiid. And is there is a possibility they may even slip to fourth in the East by the playoffs. That would be interesting. Can they turn it around? Now, for me personally, everyone's panicking about the situation that unfolded in the game against the Golden State Warriors, who were playing without Draymond, Steph, and these guys. And, you know, what happened was, if you guys didn't see the game and you haven't been on social media, you didn't see the clip, is Jimmy Butler had like a weak closeout and exposed to call the timeout. He said something to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler must have said something back. And he's exposed to said, oh, you're going to kick my ass? And Adonis Hassan looks at Jimmy Butler and says, I'll beat your ass! And then it escalated from there. And what I love was Carl Lowry trying to call another timeout during the timeout. And it was chaos. But I think that's just the spark mm. they needed because recently they've had a little dip in form, shall we say. But BJ, what's your assessment of the Miami Heat at this stage of the season? Well, more, we need more time. I mean, this should be the only thing we discuss here today because this is, this is great because, you know... As I was watching this, I just started to laugh because I've been in those situations so many times. <laughs> like, and then it's like, here you go again, right? Mm-hmm. So, Mo, you and I are going to be together for a minimum of eight hours a day. We're going to play 82 games. There's bound to be some type of conflict, right? There's only one thing that unites a group, and that's winning. That's the that's it. Now, when you don't win, Mo, there's bound to be some conflict. Okay, so now we're in a situation, and it plays itself it plays itself out in real time in front of everyone to see. Now, the thing that I enjoy about conflict, I mean, I I I love conflict like this because it shows you who the leader of the group is. Okay, it, th- this is what I when anytime I've been in one of these and and I've been in plenty way I've been in one too many like it's just <laughs> now they it, like PJ Tucker. B, you're like lucky. Me, like you're it, lucky they didn't have Instagram when you played, man. You're yeah, exactly, lucky they exactly, didn't have Instagram no, when you exactly. But like 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 the, the funniest response out of all of it, like everyone's looking at Kyle Lowry calling timeout. Everyone's looking it's at funny, you know man. Udonis Haslam. And, you know, so it, 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 my, my favorite person in all of this was Karan Butler. Yeah. <laughs> Karan Butler's response was just that. That was just man, like, I'm going to call Karan. It's not. I He's a real G, now, though. Sure he's he's, a, if you read his yeah, book, you Karan, guys will know. No, I know Karan. Karan is. OK, there's, you know, there's whatever. But then when you know the real ones, right? Mm-hmm. Just watch Karan. Next time you watch it, because this thing's gotten over a million views now, watch Karan Butler. Karan Butler made me laugh. Like, it, that, that's that's just the response you want to have. Like, okay, here we go again. Let's watch this soap opera. Everyone's going to be here. We're going to get, and then tomorrow, tomorrow, everyone's going to, you know, kiss and make up. Yeah. Okay. Now, 
The one thing, here's a teachable moment for everybody. When you have these conflicts, they're never personal. It's just business. But what happened to me is what needed to happen. Who's the leader of the group? The leader of the group takes responsibility for the good, the bad, and the, and the indifferent. Now, what I saw, because I've been in these meetings, is you saw Jimmy Butler say whatever Jimmy, I don't know what he said, but he said something. Coach Spo was sitting in his chair in our timeout. Now, very rarely do you sit in a chair. Yeah. Like, yeah. You sit there. For, so these, I just look at the body language of people. Okay. And then you saw the coaches and the players all around. Now, whatever was said was said. And I don't know. And I really don't care. But the thing that was just great was whatever was said between Udonis, who stepped up to the plate. That spark between Udonis and Jimmy Butler. But the, the phenomenal theme was Coach Spo. if there was a fight, we know who would win the fight. <laughs> Coach Spo has no chance in the fight. No, not, not even, not even for no a chance. second. But you know what? Would you respect? He's, but let me tell you something, though. Let me tell you something. The leader of the group always does the following. He puts his career, he puts his reputation, and he puts his manlyhood. When I say manly, his life on the line. And what I saw was Coach Spo said, I don't know what you guys are saying. I don't know what you're saying, Jimmy Butler. I don't know what you're saying, Udonis. This is my team. I'm the leader of the group. And if anybody should be mad, it should be me. Yeah, and, and you the saw. Leader, and, and you the saw. leader... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go, go, no, ahead, go and, ahead, go ahead. And you saw after they separated Udonis and Jimmy, Spo was going at Jimmy. He was screaming in his face, going off at him. This is this is what I this is what I love. Now, Coach Spo emerged as the leader of the group. Now we know who the leader is. Now let's stop looking around and saying whose team is it. Coach Spo said, if anybody is going to have a say so in how we play. I'm going to, I'm going to be the leader of that. Mm -hmm. That's respect. The man put his, the man put his coaching career on the line. Coach Spo, you're my type of guy. You're my type of coach. And he put his on the line. So it, now the thing is he displayed a level of leadership that everyone has to get behind. He was willing to fight. The thing that was in the thing that was amazing about all of this, no one in the organization ducked what happened. That's right. That's right. Okay, Spo Mo, came out, did the Mo, press conference. Carl Lowry spoke about that. Jimmy will probably speak about it tonight. Like PJ Tucker. No one said what happened out of respect to what happened, but no one dodged it. Now mm. that to me is what basketball is all about. We're always talking about, do these guys care? This team doesn't, no, they care. They just needed to know who the leader is. Do you think this is going to then spark them moving forward to the rest of the season? I think this is actually going to be a great thing for them rather than a negative that some people are saying. Okay. See, Mo, I want to take the fans and take our listeners behind the scenes. I'm a professional. There's a difference between a professional. I'm, I get paid to do this. I don't need motivation. Mm -hmm. I'm a pro. You, when you're in the collegiate or you're playing in a, a lower division, you may need a motivation or a spark. I'm a pro. Okay. Now, how do I know I'm a pro? There's one thing about Miami is Miami has an excellent culture starting from Pat Riley on down. They treat every, every player I've ever had there have been treated with the utmost respect. They don't disrespect players. They don't show up players. They ask players to play hard. 
They take care of their own people and they treat you with the utmost respect. They respect everything about you, your family, your well-being, Anything, their level of professionalism, your level of professionalism is bar none. I've been told, bar, Mo, I've been told if you play for the Heat, anything you need is taken care of. Okay. Anything. Mo, I've never had but the utmost respect. They are at the top. When you say professionalism, mm-hmm. Coach Spo's job, if he has to light a fire under you you probably won't be there in a miami uniform pj <laughs> tucker doesn't need someone to say get ready to play kyle Lowry. well they clearly did look- last night though because they well, weren't playing no, no, with no, this heat no, culture no. at all okay when you say culture you're talking about organization behind the organization behind the uniform are people mm-hmm. <laughs> okay okay if BJ Armstrong is only getting four shots a game and they go, man, you guys are taking bad shots. Well, who are you talking to? You ain't talking to me. I only got four shots. You got to call out the people. If the star players are shooting 30 shots a night, I shoot four shots. Bill Cartwright shoots five shots. <laughs> this guy only shoots four. Five. Who are you really talking to if we're shooting bad but shots? It's, that's, it's not the shots. That, the reason why the whole thing happened was the defense. There was just no intensity. Okay. Here's another thing I want to tell you, Mo. You don't lose a game on one play. You lose a game before the game starts. Okay? And what do I mean by that? When you have excellent preparation and focus, it carries over into the game. That's the one thing. That's the beauty of sports. Jimmy had a, a bad closeout. Okay. All right. Who hasn't had a bad closeout? Okay. He had one bad closeout and he had 99 great ones. Which one? Would you, I'll take that. What I can't take is you got 99 bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it's, it's not just that singular closeout, is it? It's the fact that they got... They, they held an L to Philly, who had no Embiid and no Harden, and then they're losing to a Warriors team, which has no Draymond and no Steph Curry. Because that, that's, that's, a, that's a lack of focus. There we go. Okay. It's a lack of focus. And more importantly, it's a lack of leadership from the veteran players in the group. That, that's, that, that's what that is. Okay. Out of respect, Mo, out of respect. Everybody is going to have, when you look at an 82 game schedule, right? Every team is going to have five to seven games a year that you just can't explain. Okay. Okay. You're going to have five to 10 games. You just can't explain. I'm just, just to say five to seven games where you just say, you know what, man, Mo, we had a great day of practice yesterday. We get blown out about 30. You go, Coach is going to be like, let's move on. Now, but you got to have 50 to 55 games a year, Mo, where you're either in the game and you got a chance to win those games. So that leaves you, Mo, with about 15 to 20 games that can go either way. And that either way, what's the most consistent you can do in those 15 to 20 games? That's why you hear coaches say it's so hard to win. So you got 20 games that could go either way. And what gives you the best chance? Defense. Because if we shoot well, that's great. If, if, if you and I shoot 50% from three mo, we probably going to hit, that, that's 10 wins out of those 20 remaining games that can go either way. But when you have games like this mo, now you got to look at your leadership. Coach Spo went right to the best player on the team. He went right to Jimmy Butler. See, that's, he didn't go to Cal Lowry. He didn't go to PJ Tucker. He didn't go to, was it, is it Markeith that's down there? Is it Markeith mm-hmm. that's down there? Or is, is it Markeith? Yeah. Bam. He went to Jimmy Butler. You want to be the best player on the team. The best player on the team does what, Mo? He's got to take responsibility. Okay. 
Now, what he did was he went right at him. And there was some resistance. It's Jimmy Butler, of course. <laughs> it wouldn't be Jimmy <laughs> Butler if there wasn't. Okay. So, but if you want to sit in the place as the best player, you can't be the best player and not take on the responsibility, good, bad, or indifferent. Yes. Now, and to me, that's what Spo established. Okay. Now, today, move on. Everybody said what they had to say. Is there anything that needs to be said? What needs to be said is, okay, they got to come out and execute. That's an, I'm not talking about a closeout. A okay. closeout. So, so let's go back to the original question, right? Over the recent games, they lost to the Warriors with this whole thing. Yes. They lost to the Philly, who were missing their two best players. They lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves. They lost to the Phoenix Suns. Do you see this as an issue of the Miami Heat potentially slipping up as the season comes to a close? Or do you think they'll be fine? You know what, Mo? No, no team. No team. Miami Heat. Every team has their set of problems, okay? We love to we love to say the following. Well, this team is playing well. They're hot at the right time. Okay, Mo. All right, you're hot at the right time. That's the regular season. You and I know, Mo, and the fans who really watch this game know regular season basketball is different than the than – than I love the Utah Everybody fans are big mad right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Everybody knows this. No. What I, what I like, Mo, are truth tellers and people who tell it like it is, okay? Now, Mo, let's, let's, I don't want to be skewed. I don't want to be the one to say conflict is the, conflict is great for any organization. You have to be able to function in the chaos. The more chaotic the situation, the better you find out about your team. Now, now let's go back to the earlier in the season. There was a lot of conflict in Boston. Mm -hmm. Marcus Smart called everybody out. Mm -hmm. Celtics looked like they were done. The Celtics looked like they were done. Let's just be honest, Mo. Mo, yes, you they were, were done. You, you have you they have were done. Out. You 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 were like, oh man, we're not going to get to the playoffs. Where are you, Mo? You were done. Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart called everybody out. It was conflict. People, man, maybe Jason Tatum and Jason, maybe they can never get along. Maybe. This is a, the wrong coaching move. All of the things, Mo. Mo. That's what people were saying. That's what people were saying. And the record indicated they might have been right. Now, let me tell you something, Mo. If you want to turn something around, you got to face the problem head on. 100%. Say, but... what, you, say what you want to say. I'm going to say this. I think this Miami team is fine. Why? Because they have veterans. I'm telling you right now, Mo. It's it's great topics for us. I was really looking forward to today because I knew that was going to be the headline. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Mo, if I were playing on a team, man, you need that. It just breaks up the monotony. You know yeah. what? Someone needed to say it. It might as well be me. I like it, man. It, it, and I, I think you know what you I'm know. saying. Do, now, and, this is what I think is going to happen. I don't think it's. I just want to say this real quick. I don't think it's going to have any bearing on the team. But what I do know is that he has the attention of the team now. And we are all going to point to this incident as the reason they advance or the reason they don't. But they addressed it before they got to the battle. So it's better to know who's in and who's out before the battle starts. And that I don't have a problem with. I still like the team. I like their veterans. I like what they did. And I like the fact that it was addressed. They didn't sugarcoat it. Oh, we'll be fine. Everything is good. And it's huggy. No, we are a competitive group. We said what we had to say. We were ready to fight one another. But Mo, believe it or not, Mo, I played on a few championship teams. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't all, it wasn't all lovey-dovey. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's, it's good to give fans, you know, a little peek behind the scenes. Now, if you're a regular listener to this show, you know, our shows are about 30 minutes long. So you might be listening right now and thinking the show's almost over because we've had about 25 minutes of BJ talking about the Miami Heat. But guess what? We still got about 30 questions to get through. So we're going to keep rolling. That's that was good. good, though. That was good. Needed to be said. I think 
personally, Miami Heat are going to be perfectly fine. And I think things like this happen more often than you think with teams. Fans just oh, don't man. see it because it's not usually on camera. So well, it just it just looks so out of place. It just looks so it doesn't out of usually place. happen in the arena during a game. It will be in a practice facility when well, it happens no in the arena. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, in front of the fans. On a timeout, you know. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so anyway, MCFC Will asks: Should the Warriors? Speaking of the Warriors, who were in Miami last night, should the Warriors offer Jordan Poole a four-year, eighty million dollar contract? If so, does it mean trading away Wiggins? Jordan well, Poole's been the, impressive. The Warriors are in a, in a in, 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 from one perspective, it's a it's a tough decision, but from another perspective, it's a great decision because he's outperformed his contract, and that's what you want. They have a really nice player who has shown when he has playing time and opportunities, he will perform. And he's extra, what extra valuable because Clay has so many injuries. Steph's getting older, yeah. has injuries as well. Now, what does that mean? What that means is the following. At some point here in the, in the next, you know, hopefully later rather than sooner, in the next two to five years, the Warriors are going to have major decisions to make, probably sooner. And I'm saying that out of respect. But they're going to have major decisions to make with their big three and, and Wiggins, Wiseman, and what they're going to do with their with their team. That's just that's just that's just every you know, father time just doesn't pass anyone. So Jordan Poole, give their, give their coaching staff, their scouts, give them credit for developing him, identifying him and seeing that he is a player. Now it's up to the organization to figure out which direction they're going to go in based on health and availability. Your best ability is your availability. Right now, the Warriors, like all aging teams, are facing the major problem who's available. Okay. And that's just what it is out of respect. Those guys should have the respect to perform and defend and all the things they've done in the past. However, you know, time goes on. You, every year you get one year older, it gets harder and harder to recover. And the warriors have to face that when they are going to make that decision. Hopefully it's later because this is a good group. And if they were healthy, I think they have a legit chance. But Mo, they haven't been. That's the reality of the so situation. So are you paying Jordan Poole if you're the Warriors? Well, as the team is currently constructed today, you can. So are you trying to trade Andrew Wiggins? This is what you're going to have to trade. You're going to have to move. You're going to have to move some players. But you can't have Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, it has nothing about Wiggins. Wiggins. What Wiggins, Wiggins does? Frees if up everyone, if everyone, if okay, if he's up salary, you're building a team. So why would you have Jordan Poole, um, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson? Who's going to guard? Draymond can't guard everyone, but Wiggins has been hugely disappointing since the All Star break. He got his all-star break, you know, like his season was done because he has not been playing the way he was a few months beforehand. But, yeah, Golden State are in a difficult situation because... Okay, everyone has dips. But if you're building a team, statistically, but you got to match up to... You got to match up to the other teams. I know everyone wants to say, oh, he was five for 19 the other night. Okay, okay, great. If you're telling me Jordan Poole and... Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. That's the matchups you want on the defensive end every night. No, not what I want. We're building, we're building a team. So, so the Warriors aren't gonna be able to pay Jordan. The Warriors is your answer to the question. The, yeah, the Warriors, as the team is currently constructed, they're go. not gonna be able to pay him. Okay. And, and you- they have Wiseman coming up. And they have, a, they have some other... Kaminga, Moody, they got all these young guys yeah, that yeah, in two, so three, this. four seasons they're going to have to pay. Uh, for what it's worth, I think that Steph and the culture they built there, after these big contracts for these guys finished, if they're still playing by the time these big contracts finish, I think they will take very team-friendly contracts like Dirk did with the Dallas Mavericks in order for these young guys to get paid and try and have one last run at it. But Andrew Williams wants to know, do you think we will see Ben Simmons playing this season? Yes or no? 
I'm thinking it's a no because they're saying he's got a herniated disc in his back, uh, a slip yeah, disc. And so I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think he uh, won't be playing. BJ, any insight? Yeah, that, that's what I, I'm just going by what that's what, what the report said from the medical stand. It's yes, hard sir. to believe that, you know, that that was not known prior to the trade. Uh huh. But it is what it is. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't at this point, at this point, this, the whole thing just seems bizarre to me now. Yeah, man. You I'm, know, it seems now it's just it's taking like new turns. So, you know, now he has a herniated disc um, and who knows when that's going to happen or if he's going to come back. So I, I just think right now, I, I don't know. I well, really the good don't news know. is the good news is Kyrie can now play at home games. So that brings a whole nother element to the Brooklyn Nets that we're going to get on to discussing. Well, okay. the fact that they've got their starting point guard for 50% of the games that he was previously going to miss. Uh, I think that's a big plus for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, but Reza wants to know what's Memphis's ceiling in this year's playoffs. How far do you think Memphis can go? Because I think they can make the finals if the chips fall right in their direction. I love this team. I love this team spirit. And, you know, you can see like last night, they're fun. I'm, I, you know, you know how, you know, feel good stories and feel, you know, you, you watch them and you feel good. I'm rooting for them. And I think this team, as it's currently constructed, I think they are primed to get to, you know, past the first round. Depending on who they play, getting to the conference finals, depending on who they play, because they're good. Because, and the reason I say this is because of the following. I was watching them last night and I said, with the exception of Ja, who else on their team can just go get you 30 outside of the offense? Because when you play, when you get past the semifinals, the teams are going to take away something, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take away, we're not going to leave Dylan Brooks. We're not going to leave Desmond Bain. Now, who, who, who can just go get you? Now, if John Moran has it going, he's playing downhill, he's creating havoc in the lane, He's passing the guys who are open because they're spacing. Do I think they are capable of scoring 30 in a game? Absolutely. But who can just, you can give the ball to and say, go get me 30 tonight, big fella. Like I just saw KD and Kyrie just get 30, 40 points. And that wasn't part of the offense. They just got it. They just went in. You know, at one point, Clay Thompson could just go get you 30 points in a, in a knee. Everybody knows the offense. That's my only concern. And as you advance, the defenses get better and better and better with the exception of John Moran. Who so else you, can just go get So it? do you see there as a second round team as the second round being their limit? I, depending on who they play. Okay. Now, you know, let's, as it stands, it would be the Warriors or whoever, if the Warriors lose in the second round. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, I, I think they're, I think they are poised to be right now. They should advance, get out of the first round. Definitely. Now, once they get to the second round and the finals, depending on who they're playing, I think this team, you know, it could, I think they're going to be competitive, you know, but maybe they have a matchup. John Morant has to be, John Morant is the variable because he has speed and quickness. He may be able to disrupt the other team's defense where now Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain and those guys are going. But if you're able to contain him, not stop him, if you just can contain him, who else, where else are you going to go? I feel and you. That's my concern. When they play that's without Jaws, it's very team-oriented basketball. And it's if, very team-oriented. You can't get away with that in the playoffs. And it works in the regular season like it does for the Utah Jazz. And it doesn't work in I'll keep picking on the Utah Jazz because our next question is from major Utah Jazz fan, Ennis Marsh, who says, which team do you think is in for the most disappointing postseason relative to their current expectations. So which of the top seeds is going to disappoint the most? Oh, the top. I think the team that has the, the most disappointing will be Brooklyn. But they're not, they're, they're, they're not top seed. Yeah, top seed. Um, probably the Jazz. This Jazz I, thing I, just... I, I, I don't think at, any, at this point, anyone's even going to be disappointed because I think even the Jazz fans, Ellis himself, I think that's why he's asking this question. I think they're all ready for the disappointment. I don't even think the Utah Jazz fans themselves are hopeful that this team is going to get to the finals or get to the court. I think they know. I think they already know. I think the Utah Jazz already know. 
And unless there's some sort of major injuries to every team they play, I think it's just going to be what we've seen year in and year in and year out. I don't think that's a disappointment. I, you know, I think that's just reality because we've seen it you so know, many more times. Like I, I want to call it. I, I want to. And, and again, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't like to be a couch coach, right? You know, I don't like to. And I, I respect all the coaches, but for the life of me, I don't know why they won't put Donovan Mitchell at the point guard position. Yeah, we we spoke about this. Make, we spoke about this. It doesn't make sense to me. I like, think they need to get off the contract of Mike Conley. And okay, then, well. Okay, you're not just break. Mike Conley is one of the elite. He would be one of, if not the best. Let me ask you this: guards coming would, off the would bench. you rather have Jordan Clarkson start the game at the two man and then have Conley coming off the bench as a six man? No, I don't want Jordan Clarkson to start. I know what Jordan Clarkson has mastered the art of coming off the bench. Okay, That's but then who, who's playing the two guard? I don't care. Put there, there what's the kid, Nikhil Alexander or whatever. I don't He's care. He's barely been playing Just for them. Put someone. Just so, put someone at the. There's there, there's so many glaring weaknesses on the team. One yep. of the glaring weaknesses they have a seven foot one or seven foot two center. Okay, which is he's elite at what he does on defense. But then you have on defense. Okay, on defense. Well, he, he's not elite offense. But, he offers nothing. <laughs> okay, but then they are small everywhere else. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell is a small two guard. Mike Conley is a small lead guard. It's four out one. Royce O'Neal. And then Bogdanovich is—is he—is he a power forward? He's not a power forward. He should be—he should be a shooting guard or a small forward. He's not a power forward. Okay, come on. Now, so I keep asking myself, why not make this into a big team? But you—you have—you—you—you have Rudy, and you got Donovan. Donovan is a would be a big lead guard. Just put him there at the lead guard. So and then build around and but keep your bench the way it is. You have a ten, you got a guy who can get 20 off the bench. Do you that's a luxury in this league? You have a guy, Mike Conley, yep. that could come in and run the team, whether that, you that would or change, change that would change the way Jordan Clarkson plays then off the bench, though. Because he's no, not gonna why? be the primary because if Mike Conley's there, what's he doing while Jordan Clarkson's coming in and getting 20 off the bench? He's spacing the floor like the, the guard who, who Are we comes gonna turn in now. Mike Conley into a spot shooter. Everyone's got to change as they age in this league. Uh, yeah. That's that's fair enough. Everyone has that's, to that, hey, that's fair enough. If, if that's you, fair enough. If you say Mike Conley's the same player as he was five, six, seven years ago, no, he's not. He's a different player now. He's I'm, a different I'm player not, now. I'm not saying I'm saying that's not what but, they're gonna do. Okay, but what I'm saying is if we continue to win games in the regular season and this continues to happen, how many years we've we been looking at this now? This, this is why I said it's not a disappointment. The original question is which team is in for the most disappointing postseason. It's not going to be the Jazz because okay, we're not going to be because we're we're team. not going to be disappointed because we well, know we know it's already going to. I think that's a tough question. I think Chicago, their fans are going to be very sure. disappointed with their postseason based on how this regular season went. And if what you just said in a previous question about Memphis turns out to be true, I think the Memphis fans will be disappointed because I think that they can outperform. You know what what the kind of expectations are. So those are teams who have had great regular seasons. And the fans are kind well, of expect that momentum to carry through. And then, but the Jazz, we know the Jazz and what they do every year. I will be shocked if they outperform expectations. Not that around, but we got tons of questions to get through. We can't talk about the Utah Jazz okay. because there's only like three Utah Jazz fans in the whole country anyway. So we're respectfully going to have to keep it moving because shout out to Ellis and whoever the other two Utah Jazz fans are there in in the UK. So so shout out to you guys. I know one of them is Andy, uh, and I don't know who the third one is. Make yourself known. Hit me with a tweet because I know you guys always get on to me. And I can talk myself about the Utah Jazz because the Celtics just slapped them by 30. I turn on the game. It's the second quarter. We're up 30. I rang BJ. I said, you seeing this? Man, I went to an event. I went to a party. I thought I was off my head. I thought I was waved. I thought I was seeing things when I saw the scoreboard. It was reality. But anyway, Aaron Taylor says, big fan of the show. Aaron, we're a big fan of you showing your sport. Thank you, my brother. He says, do you see the Lakers coming out of this slump anytime soon? Aging superstars, no draft picks. LeBron goes Cleveland. Is this how the Lakers look for the next 10 years? And what solutions do you guys propose? BJ hates talking about the Lakers. So I'm going to answer this one. This isn't a slump because it's been the entire season for the Los Angeles Lakers. This is just who they are. Okay. No draft picks. That's their own fault. They traded them all for Anthony Davis, who can't stay healthy. LeBron going to Cleveland isn't a sure thing, but who knows how that's going to figure out. The Lakers for the next 10 years, who knows how they're going to look? Because the whole appeal of playing for the Lakers is you get to live in LA. If the Lakers didn't move from Minneapolis to Los Angeles, guess what? They wouldn't have won 
any of these championships. They've won championships because of their location and free agents wanting to go and play there or players demanding a trade to go and play there. So it depends on the free agent markets and whoever wants to trade from their team if they want to force their way to play in Southern California. And I'm not mad because I would love to live in Southern California too. But we got another question. Chris Rose says, let's hypothetically, the Knicks decide Julius Randle era is over in the offseason and looks to trade him. Which team should be picking up the phone to try and trade for Julius Randle? And where do you think would be the best fit for him? Are you giving me that question, Mo? Yeah. Did, did we just play? Did we just play this guy last year? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not giving you the question. Chris Rose is giving you the question. So you can tell Chris why it's not, not a question that should be asked. Well, I, I, I think here, I don't think. People are looking at Julius Randle right now going, hey, that's the piece we need. You know, he's like he's like a player you have to, you know, you might see this player and you got to figure out and just watch him. You know, it's like it takes some time to adjust to the way he played in his style. I don't think he's being traded. I don't think there's any team right now other than a transactional trade. Where they would trade him. Yeah. Now, where that's going to happen, I think that will reveal itself, right? Who would have salary cap? Who would have the space to take on a player like that at his salary? Since he just, I think this is the first year of a big salary that he just signed. So, yeah. So I don't see him going anywhere unless, unless it's a transactional trade and the, you know, the Knicks are going in a completely different direction at this time. And I don't see that happening right now. I mean, I'm looking through. We've got tons of questions. We're going to have to be a bit snappier with our answers. So I'm going to have to hear a few with a yes or a no. GA34, who has once again clarified he's not Giannis's burner account, says Mikhail Bridges is now well-recognized across the league as a lockdown defender. But can you see the offensive potential for him to become an elite two-way player in a similar career path to Kawhi Leonard? I'm saying he can be a good offensive player, but to reach Kawhi Leonard's level, I don't think you're, you're... accurately assessing how great Kawhi Leonard is on the offensive end of the basketball. I think Mikel Bridges can become a good second or third option on a team, but I don't think he can be a Kawhi Leonard who carries a team to an NBA championship. BJ? I don't think he'll ever reach the level offensively as Kawhi Leonard because of his body. Defensively, I love what he brings. I love his athletic ability and all those things. And he he may very well be the defensive player of the year. But Kawhi Leonard is an elite, an elite, I repeat, an elite yeah. defensive player. Offensively, he's he can carry a team. But I love this kid, Mikael Bridges. No, That's no facts. About it. That's facts. The Spurs UK fan club, speaking of Kawhi Leonard, saw memories for those guys. The Spurs fans in the UK say, should the Spurs push for a playing spot or tank for the best pick possible? Personally, I think it would be a great experience for Murray and Co. Also not to encourage a losing mentality, especially when the opportunity is there. We've spoken about this a bunch of times before, BJ. I never condone tanking, and I think neither do you. Am I right that in be, saying that? That would be correct. That would be correct. So I, I think there's your answer. I can't condone any team trying to lose games, whatever it is. But Vice Point Studio wants to know who BJ is backing for the NCAA tournament. I'm sorry to bring this up, BJ. Now that we've seen the first two rounds, can North Carolina make the final four? He believes they can. And we're 100 to 1 with the bookies, which means the bet, bet makers, the odds before the madness began. BJ, who are you backing now that your Iowa Hawkeyes sadly were eliminated rather early on? Yeah, there, there are a number of teams here. Now you got, you know, two games. Now you're in the final four. I, I, I just need one name. I just need one Arizona. name. Arizona. Arizona. No, okay. Not Gonzaga. Okay. Arizona. You didn't say two names. You said one name. No, I'm saying that's Arizona. my Arizona. I'm saying that's my oh, name. Okay. And I hope okay. they meet in the final. And then we can talk about that. Dan Franklin. Says, we talk a lot about the, one second, my laptop just died. My laptop just oh, died okay. with the list of questions on. I, I, uh, I, give me one second, I'll put the charger in. But in the meantime, tell the people why Arizona are going to win. No, I'm not telling them why Arizona is going to win. You tell them why Gonzaga is going to win. You t- I'm fixing my laptop. <laughs> I can't do both. <laughs> Man, we need we need we need a live producer for the technical issues. Anyway, where was I? Where was I? Let me scroll down this list, man. Let me, let me scroll down this list. <laughs> Sorry, guys, for the technical issues. We're back. Rahul Asnani, shout out to Rahul. He just got a new podcast. He says, "What does the future look like for the San Antonio Spurs?" I think they're in good hands. 
I like DeJounte Murray a lot. He's a very solid young point guard to build around. I like a few Keldon Johnson, a few of the other pieces they've got. And if they can strike gold on one of these draft picks, I think that they can solidly build their way back to a playoff competing franchise. I totally agree with what, you know, everything that Mo said there. And I think now they just have to add, they have an all-star. I mean, think about this. They have an all-star player right now. Yep. So I think they're in good hands. I think now they just need to continue to add more and more talent and they'll be fine. Pierce McGlinchey wants to know which current player do you think would be the most suited to the 90s style of basketball and who from the oh. 90s would be best suited in today's game? I'm going to leave this one to you because I never played in the 90s. I was born in the 90s. So BJ, hit me. Which player from today's game, just one get one player, would you think would fit best in the 90s? Kawhi Leonard, for sure. Okay, and which player from the fit. 90s would fit the best today? Except for BJ Armstrong, who can shoot like over 40% from the three. You know, you know who I think would, I mean, look, I mean, Michael would be, Michael would be incredible. No, no, no. Let's, let's just, let's say easy. Michael that's and LeBron easy. and these guys yeah, off the board. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, I I, I think, I think Scottie Pippen would be incredible mm-hmm. in today's game. He, he, he would be, because, you know, like, I, as I watch like Andre Iguodala and I watch, you know, some of these guys, you're going, you know, like you're watching this kid, Scotty Barnes right now. Mm-hmm. He just he reminds me of Scott like Barnes. the younger version of like what Scotty was when he first came in the league. I've got two names for you, and okay. it's kind of a, a different different angle of attacking this because I know what you're saying about that all round talent of a Scott Barnes, a Yard, Scott Pippen. I think Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, and I think Drazen Petrovic, purely because of the amount of threes that guys are allowed to shoot today, because those guys just shoot threes all day long. You know, I played against both of those guys. You know, I don't feel know about that. I'm not, I'm, 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 you know, it, it, Drazen was an incredible, incredible shooter. Like, I, it, look, his shooting was amazing. But unlike today, I'm going to be real quick here because I know we're moving. The late Drazen Petrovic was an incredible shooter. Amazing. I played against him in high school, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That's when the first time I saw him. Today's offense, to, to the way you run offense today, you're you're not. It's not team. You know, it's not like we're going to run a play and a counter and get the ball and guy comes off a double screen. That's what Drazen did incredibly well. What you're seeing now is like isolation basketball. Mm. You follow what I'm saying? But I hear what you're saying. But you, you follow what I'm saying? I, I know what you mean. Now, well, not every team, but every team doesn't. <laughs> well, every like, team, who team has, has players capable of doing that. You know, yeah, that's you know what I mean? But, like, I mean, like, you know, okay, so Milwaukee tries to play with the team, but Chris Middleton in the end and and yeah, down the stretch, every team does stretch, the yeah, right I, I get it. I get it. No one's playing team oriented basketball, and that's what Drazen did incredibly well. He was, you know, he had a couple of years in the NBA where he was like, Wow. Yeah. The other kid. Raouf. Look, he could shoot it. He could he could score. I had no doubt what he would be scoring. There's no doubt. Like, yeah. Okay, but the thing is, the only player I could really compare him to is Damian Lillard. But I think Damian Lillard gets to the basket better than him. Well, Phil Jackson like he, compared Steph to Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. That was no, no, that was no, well, that's that's no, your boy. No, Don't tell me no. Yeah, yeah. That's your yeah, that's your nah, coach. Yeah, so so yeah, we got another yeah. question. But speaking of the nice, Nicole Lal wants to know which. Oh wow, this is a good question. Pick a team of players you would want to play alongside. One from the nineties, one from the two thousands, one from the twenty tens, and one from the current era. Doesn't have to be the best players, just players you would like to play with. Okay, now who I would want to play with? Peter is about to give you four bigs. Okay, no. The one I want to play with now is, is Luca for sure. I would okay, so Luca, you're taking from the current era. Okay, yeah. okay. Luca, I would want to play from the 2010s. Uh, I would definitely want to play with Tim Duncan. Yep. What about from the, the 2000s? The is that the 2000s? Yeah, from 2000 okay, to so 20, what, 2009. So then, what? what and then the then we got to go from 10 to 20, right? Yeah. 
from 10 to 20. So you can pick Tim Duncan for either because he won a championship in both. Yeah, as I said, yeah, Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, that was like, that's I, that's the guy I really would want to play with. And then when I got to pick another one from which era before then? So the 90s, the 2000s and 2010s. So, so either from 2000s or 2010s because you picked Tim Duncan. So I don't know which era you're picking him from. From the night, so now I got to go in the late 90s. No, no. So, so you've got Luca from the current era. Yes. And who have you got from between 2010 and 2019? Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. So, who from 2000 to 2009? Oh, from 2000 to 2000. Yeah, you get another pick. I get. You know what? Shaq. Shaq. Yep. And, and one player from the 90s. Oh, from the 90s, too. One that you didn't already play with. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, play, I, I was fortunate I played with a guy that... Uh, yeah, you picked, You played with the, the one guy the everyone in the world wants to play with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> dream. That's I, also I my pick. From, from the 90s, I want to play with Akeem. When he gets that double teamed, I'm going to be waiting there for that three-point shot. Yeah, I'll let I that fly. From the 2000s, uh, it's got to be Mamba. It's got to be Kobe. I can't have anyone else. Yeah, you, you know, you know, later, I would have loved to play with later Kobe. Not okay, I'll, really. I'll pick Kobe from the 2010s and from the 2000s, I'll pick KG. Later on, later on. Yeah. Early on, I'm not, I, I hate you. Early hate on, you. he was, he was figuring it out. I hate you. You know what I mean? I hate you. And then early on, but I know I, he was. Kobe was at, listen, I, 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 you know, look, so, what, so, what, what, what could you say? So I've got Hakeem, um, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, and from the current era, Marcus Smart. <laughs> <laughs> from the current era, I'm taking Giannis and Scumbo. Okay. Hey, moving right along. We got more questions to get to. We got more questions to get to. Man, Tom Nancro, we got loads of questions about San Antonio Spurs. He says, big love on the podcast. You know, I tune in every day at lunch. We appreciate you, Tom. Hope you are enjoying your lunch. While you listen to this show, I hope you're having a peanut butter jelly sandwich because that's my favorite lunch. If you were the San Antonio Spurs, how would you look to get back in a playoff picture in years to come? P.S. Mad love to Keldon Johnson. Well, I think they've just got to keep doing what they're doing. There's no quick fix. You're not getting a giant free agent to come to the San Antonio Spurs. You're not getting the number one pick because you're a lot better than some of the other teams that aren't in the playoff picture. You traded away quite a few of your assets now. You've got to develop your guys. And the Spurs have been great at developing their guys. So let's hope they can continue to develop these guys. BJ, anything to add? Mo, you got it. Yeah, you, I, you, I, you, I, I, I wish there was a quick fix to answer that yeah, question. Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it, you 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 nailed it. Mo, nailed there's it. there's there's four ways to improve a team. There's the yeah, trade. There you go. Uh, anyway, Cameron Tate says, Tell me I'm wrong when I say it's going to be a Celtics Grizzlies finals. Cameron, you're wrong about mm -hmm. half of that. It's going to be a Celtics Suns <laughs> finals. <laughs> Are you going to tell him that he's wrong too? Or are you going to tell him he's right? Well, you know, we love new. We love new. We love new. I, I, I'm not buying this, but I, I'm rooting for both of those teams though. I'm, I'm, because you, you, you see, like, like the Celtics, you're saying this team could be really good. I mean, these guys, Tatum, you're going, but this is what I'm going to say about both of these teams, Mo. And this is this is a this is a. I think these both of these teams, Mo, with this experience this year, the window for to win a championship is now there. Yes. Like, no, 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 seriously, no, no, Mo, no. because I'm one of these teams are going to outperform. One of these teams, one of these teams are they're going to hopefully both of them, yes. but one of them is going to outperform even what we think they should do. Yes. Like everybody's gonna be like, oh my gosh! Like I didn't expect the, you know, the Grizzlies to get there, or the Celtics. You're gonna be like, what a story! You know what I mean? It's gonna be what a story. But well, the truth of it is, they're all position mode to be good for a long time, or at least a three to five year window. I think Mo, if one of these teams can get there and gain this experience and keep this group together. Oh, they could go on a run. I really do. Both of them. Both of them. But you also know with that comes failure, right? Well, you know what I'm saying? Like 
if one of these teams or both of them lose in the first round, mm-hmm. are you going to stick with them? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I like them. I'm rooting yep. for them. I just don't think it's going to happen for both of them. The next question is a great question. Ben Ponson wants to know, BJ, who are your top three rappers of all time? I just need three Ooh, names. Uh, three just, names. Just three. The first three that come into your head. I just need three. No time to think. I just need three names. No, 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 no. See, I, I, I have a top four. Okay, well, we'll circle yes. back to this one at the end of the show so you can think about no, it. No, no, no. I'm going to give you my top three. You know, okay, he asked. Okay. I'm gonna get, I okay. have a top four. I don't... It's like building a building. You can't build it with three. You got to build it with four. That no matter, no matter. And I'm trying to figure which one. Okay. Here, here is, here is KRS-One. G-Rap. Cool G-Rap. And Rakim. I respect it. Who's now, the fourth? Who's the fourth? Big Daddy Kane. Okay. You can't, you can't have hip-hop music and not have those four as the pillar to everything else. Those okay. four, to me, sit there. Now, the only reason I said Kane is because Kane is the one who started all these guys, you know, doing fast. And he, he, Rakim slowed it down. Kane pushed it, you know, but G-Rap, his subject matter, KRS-One, subject matter. So, but you can't have hip-hop in a discussion and not say those four. Man, we'll get into the greatest rappers of all time debate another day. But in the meantime, hey, we got to have them on the show. We can't get into it. We got to have those guys on the show. Soon come. Soon land. Cassin wants to know, what's the most unguardable move in NBA history? BG, I think there's only one answer for this. Are you thinking the same thing of what I'm thinking? The most unguardable move? Well, Mo, that's post play. Think about this, Mo. We don't. We, we, I, I'm talking about in any era. I'm trying to go from beginning to, to. The, I'm trying to go from beginning to now. Like just oh, for, for you guys who are listening this. on audio, by the way, I was doing a sky hook. Doing type a sky move. hook. Yeah. I just realized you can't see me. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. I don't know. I, 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 I firmly believe probably the fadeaway is probably the most unguardable move. Interesting. Interesting. And Kareem, Kareem with the sky hook, but, but you, you, you know, you, you like you can, guys can get to a fadeaway from a variety of ways. You know what I mean? Like you can get there. Fade reverse off the post, fade off the post. Yeah. One leg. You, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to say the fadeaway because every player, had some version, every great player had some version of a fadeaway in his I arsenal. hear it. I hear it. I'm going with a sky. But hook, Kareem, I like the odds. Yeah, it's Kareem. I like yeah, the percentages. Yeah, yes. You know what I mean? Um, right. Kevin says, is there a standout player who will be the number one pick in the draft this year? If not, will the team with the first pick be wise because they're training it to potentially get a star player in return? That's I think the question. number one pick. Okay. Who, who are you up? The number one pick, I think, is this kid from Purdue, Jaden Ivey. I think he would be the most impactful player. You heard it here first. I, I agree, but I don't think there is a standout player because I think a lot of teams are still looking at guys like Paolo. A lot of teams are looking at Chet. So I don't think as great as Jaden Ivey is, it's not like the years no, of the draft where there's one guy that everyone's been talking about all year and they're just, it's a short thing. Like when Zion was drafted, everyone knew Zion would be the first pick a year before the draft, right? That's what standout pick for me in, in well, my head. Mo- I think the media did that. Yes. There were a lot of executives who who thought that John Morant was the best well, player in the draft. There were none in New Orleans, and that's what mattered. Uh, because no, no, the world no, no, looked no, no, a whole lot different no, no, right now. Well, here's a here's a difference, Mo. Here's a difference. When you someday you're gonna be a GM, and always remember this. If you go out on a limb, you better be right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, because it's easier to answer to your owner when they says everybody would have taken him number one yep. than if you don't take him. Yep. So there were a lot of executives behind the scenes. And I'm not mad because look at Greg Oden, Sam Bowie, all, all these guys, they were sure things too. Absolutely. Okay. 
I remember that draft, Kevin. I remember the Kevin Durant draft. Yeah, because so there was a large KD. there was a large group of teams, and you got to have the guts to do it. Like, it's easy to talk about it now. Oh, I would have taken Jordan. I if I had the number, you know, I love these guys who. Oh, we had such and such. You know, everybody had Giannis number one on the board. Now, oh, we had we had Giannis number one on our board. Anyone oh, saying that's a damn liar? Yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying is, Mo, is there were a, there were a lot of people behind the scenes who had John Morant. And believe this or not, there were a lot of people who had R.J. Baird as the number one pick in that draft. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. A lot of people had him on the draft. Now, not a lot of people probably would admit it, but there were a lot of people who had R.J. And I remember John Morant because John Morant didn't come. You know, he didn't go to, you know, he went to what, Murray State, I believe, or? Yeah, Murray uh, State University. Yeah, yeah, he went to a smaller school. But, you know, I, it's not a – there's no hype in this draft. There's no consensus. Mm-hmm. But trust me when I tell you this. There are a lot of people who have this – kid. this kid Chet Holmgren is interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who are looking at this kid, uh, uh, Jabari. Jabari Smith, yep. Paolo Manchero as well. And, and Paolo is in there. And, 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 and this kid, Ivy. Yeah. But for me, for me, in the right situation, like in the right situation, like for instance, just today, I don't know this for if Oklahoma City Thunder got the number one pick, I think they would take Chet Holmgren. Why? Because they, they got shy. Leave. Yeah, they got shy. Well, let's do, let's do it live right now. Live, we're doing a simulation, tankathon.com, okay. simulate the lottery. The team that ended up with the number one pick was the Indiana Pacers. If you're the Indiana Pacers, who are you picking? I'm picking Jay Nivey. There we go. There we go. They'd be wise. Say, but well, they just got Halliburton. Halliburton. They got Halliburton. I think they, they got... could. I think they could play together in the backcourt, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm, t- I'm taking Ivy. Okay, kids um, right there from Indiana. Go Dan ahead. Stoyich. I hope I pronounced that right. Apologies if I didn't, because this is an amazing question. Should Ime Odoka get Coach of the Year? I think Ime Odoka. I think. Uh, I think. Just, just before I you, think there's a, I think the three man race. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. There is so many coaches that have done great jobs this year. I think there's way more than three that deserve a mention. But the Celtics are one and a half games outside of first place. And they're really rolling right now. Imagine if the Celtics finish in first place in the Eastern Conference after having such a terrible start to the year. I think if they finish in first place in the East, then they have to give the coach of the year to Ime Odoka. What's your take on that, BJ? Well, you know... I think Emmy Odoka has done a phenomenal job. I think it's a three-man race. Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins, Monty. You, you, listen, you, he has to be it. I mean, come on, Mo. As, as well as the Celtics, Taylor Jenkins has done an incredible job. And, may, and he's and done this. He's, he's got them winning fifteen and three without Ja Morant. Yes, amazing. He's with Ja, without Ja, and, and and Monty is there. I think it comes to those three. And you're right. And I agree with you. I think there's been some outstanding coaches this year. However, I think those three, you know, what, 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 especially M.A. Odoka, what he's done, because he's turned it, he's done a complete 180 with this group. Yep. Okay. He's done. And the fact that he kept, he kept his team mm-hmm. to be, says a lot about him and his coaching staff and what he's done. It says a lot about those players. So I think those three guys deserve to be in the race. I give the slight edge, the slight nod to 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 Monty, just because Monty came in with. I mean, look, they they are not finals. They have to win the whole thing or bust. Okay. If they get back to the finals. You know, I think that's just. I don't, I don't think that's a good season for them. I, they have to win the championship because I expect them to, to win the championship, and yes. I think and they will be disappointed. Well, I mean, the reason for me is they were second in the West last year. They won 51 games. And so I'm not really surprised that they've been so They're good. They're closing they... in on 60. Then, yeah. Right? What are but they, like 59? I, I'm not surprised that they are so good this season. I, it's not a surprise to me. Whereas the Grizzlies and the Soics are more surprised. Mm-hmm. They're on 59 wins with a lot, 10 games, less than 10 games wow. now. Um, wow. The final question, Ryan Woodcock wants to know, is there more of a one-man team in the NBA other than the Bucks? Take Giannis out, they would have made the playoffs, in my opinion. Well, Ryan, they took Kevin Durant off the nets uh, because he was injured, and they went from first to eighth in the East. 
And if he didn't return, they would probably be in the lottery right now. Uh, so I don't think it's fair to call the Bucks a one-man team because they're actually better without Giannis than the Bucks are without KD. But I think you take any great player off any team and it impacts the winning um, in the modern NBA because we've seen certain people lose arguably the greatest player of all time off their team and still continue to compete at a high level. I don't want to mention any names, you know, but uh, we've, we've seen that. But that was in a different era. Now, I think a lot of these teams, the way that they're built and they're so superstar-centric, Take KD off. Take KD off of the war, uh, the Nets. Take Joel Embiid off the Sixers. You've seen what's happening with the Warriors without Steph Curry. So, other than the Phoenix Suns and Miami Heat, I think every team would suffer losing their best player. I agree, and I, I think you know that's why they're great players. And I know we throw that term around loosely these days, but when you lose a great player like a KD. Or, you know, you lose a great player, you know, you even take like Kawhi Leonard, you know, you know, this team is basically, what are they like 500 without him? Yeah. You know, he's, you know, he's him alone on the court is plus 10, right? Yeah. And so I, I mean, you can see the difference, but you know, I, 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 you know, great players, when you have a player, man, it's, it's, it's a huge bonus, man, covers a lot of your mistakes. That is a super extended episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K22. We've been going for over an hour, B. Um, looking ahead to the weekend. Can I just say one thing, Mo? Okay, I just okay, got to say okay, one okay, thing. Okay. Just one thing. Coach Bo is, is my favorite coach now. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Man. Coach Bo, you can come on this show anytime. He's That's my facts. favorite. He's, he's my favorite coach now. That's facts. I love his career path, his journey, the way that he made it to head coach levels is a true inspiration. But BJ, we're looking at the weekend now. We've got a few games. Here's the games that stand out to me that I'm going to be locked in on, focused in. Okay. The Mavericks and the Timberwolves. Okay. I think the Mavericks and the Timberwolves are going to play a good game. And then Where's I, that game being played at? Where's that game being played? That game is being played in Minnesota. And then that's Friday night. And then Saturday night, the game I'm looking at is the Nets and the Heat. And I know we thought that they were going to rest the Heat starting players when we spoke on Sky Sports. I think after the last game, they might just want to put them out there to uh, try and use some of that fire. But the main game I'm looking at is the Bucks versus the Grizzlies. Saturday night, midnight for all our fans in the UK. The Bucks and Grizzlies go head-to-head in Memphis. That's going to be a great one. And then on Sunday night, the games you guys need to be watching are the ones on Sky Sports, so you can see me and BJ on TV. But the Timberwolves face the Celtics. And then the Sixers face the Suns. And the Jazz face the Mavericks as well, which I think is just always fun watching Luca go at it with Rudy Gobert. Um, but that's my plans for the weekend. BJ, anything exciting on the agenda for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On Sunday, March 27th, Knicks versus Pistons. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Get out <laughs> of here. That's, that's, that's the highlight of my... What? You asked me and I told you the highlight of my weekend. And then you told me to get out of here. Come on, you got, you got all the family there. You live in LA and the highlight of your weekends could be watching the Detroit Pistons play the New York Knicks. Fair play. I, I Mo, respect it. Mo, Mo, Mo. This is Detroit basketball. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. Don't start talking about it when they start winning and all that. No, Mo. And, and I'm, not mad, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at the Pistons part because they've been exciting recently. I'm talking about the Knicks part of that game. Oh, well, hey, it doesn't matter who we're playing. It's all about Detroit. It's all about us, man. It doesn't matter who we play. Well, that's we're been another culture We're building culture. We're building culture there. And it's beef stew for dinner at BJ's house on Sunday night, then. They're having beef stew for dinner and lunch. But uh, appreciate you guys rocking with us for another week. This has been the Hoop Genius Podcast. We appreciate everyone who sent in a question. We're going to have to put some sort of filter in for the questions or pull them out of a hat next time because there is getting too many to get through. Um, but we really appreciate all of them. Don't stop sending Keep them Keep them in. coming. We it's Mo them. who doesn't want to answer all these questions. I need uh, no, three no, hours no. to answer all these questions. Yeah. We need it. BJ wants to take half hour to answer the questions. I'm trying to run yeah, through well, them. Hey, these guys are sending incredible questions. You, you know well, what I mean? Like, I think maybe we need to do that in a live show. Maybe, maybe I need to hop on a Twitch and you know maybe what? we need to stream it as a live show instead. And then you could ask the questions in real time. Maybe that's the move. Who knows? The only way that you're going to find out is by subscribing and listening next week to find out what we do. If you enjoyed your question being answered, if, you know, if, if you want questions to be answered, 
follow us on Twitter, send in your questions. But most importantly, until next time, before actually, more importantly than all of that, earlier this week, we had Bismack on the show talking about the Phoenix Suns, talking about some of his personal stuff. I want to urge you one more time. Go to his website, go on Google, type in Bismack Beyond Bar Foundation. On his website, there's a button that says donate. If you can, I know not everyone can, but if you can, donate some money to the cause and everything that Bismack's doing. We appreciate him coming on the show, but I just wanted to remind you guys one more time because it's exciting having these guests, exciting talking about the NBA, talking about basketball, but there are things that are bigger than basketball. And I just want to remind you guys, you know, in, in the spirit of goodwill to, if you can, go and donate to Bismack Foundation and what he's doing over there. But aside from all of that, Make sure you get buckets.